these, just to your point of, we hear about certain things and we don't hear about others. Why, you know, why aren't we hearing about the murder of these folks in real time? Why did someone get murdered in March or get murdered in February and you find out in May? Like that doesn't make sense, that timeline. Um, especially when it's something as brutal and and unbelievable as as what is happening now. Hi and welcome back to the Sonntag and podcast today <laughs> with a new guest who really was eager to come to this episode, which makes me happy, of course. It's uh, Sahra. Hi! This time alone, of course, without entourage. <laughs> and uh, we thought of talking about something really um, polarizing at this point. Hairdressers. What is happening to hairdressers in this COVID-19 pandemic? <laughs> They open now. My hair is long as Rapunzel's. I can actually let it down. And people can climb up my ch uh, my window, which I wish they would. But, you know, women don't do that, you know. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> What is happening? I, 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 I'm very nervous about this topic because, you know, I'm a, I'm a joyful person. <laughs> But uh, no, I'm, I mean, hairdressers, that's a real problem too. And I have seen a lot of people open now and getting haircuts you see now. But um, no, actually topic was racism. <laughs> um, I don't know. This <laughs> so, I mean, of course, a lot of things have been happening recently again. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe media is actually uh, putting it out recently again mm -hmm. um but it's been happening around the world everywhere and sahra was like so next topic is racism and i'm like cool yeah, yeah it's like why not and i was like really nervous and honestly i'm not prepared at all <laughs> okay before we really dive into this maybe we could like you know it's really hardcore so maybe how are you you know what have you been doing <laughs> how is your life We can do it. I'm good. I'm good. I just came back from seeing my grandparents for the first time since March. Also, I'm just going to pause and say, if you hear a snoring noise, that's my dog. She is laying down yeah. next to me and I can hear her. She's so loud. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I um, didn't hear yeah. actually. But... Um, it's the first time I saw my grandparents since March and it wasn't really me seeing them. It was more... I stood in the garage and they stayed all the way in the house and I just kind of like waved and talked at them through my mask and they wore a mask and it was oh, quite you sad. You went through but, um, <laughs> yeah, full protective gear as much as we can get without taking PPE away from essential workers. But yeah, um, it was a little sad, but I'm happy I got to see them and I obviously miss them a lot and I know this is really challenging for a lot of our elderly folks in the community. Having to kind of be alone in a situation like this is not ideal. So if there's any plug I can make, check in on your grandparents, check in on your loved ones, especially the elderly and immunocompromised folks, you know, they love a lot right now. That's very true. My grandma actually is, uh, she stays alone <laughs> in, uh, in Turkey because in the house and uh yeah she's she was now she has been home for about six to seven weeks and then they now are allowed to go out on on sundays for or each day four hours or something i don't know so that she got to go out on sunday for the very first time in eight weeks <laughs> it was really yeah. fun like she was really happy too and she's really bored so she keeps like texting or sending videos and you know calling which is okay i mean i answer so <laughs> But yeah, cool. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, I don't know. I guess COVID nineteen feels like it's yesterday at this point uh, here in Germany, <laughs> because okay. Germany is doing very, very well at That's this point with numbers, at least, or what they tell us. I mean, our our um, what is it called? Our um, health minister. I don't know what you call it. Is it like um. Yeah, from health minister. health minister he actually got a call into a american news um channel and they asked him like how is germany doing so well and how is that and there was one part where this lady said 
yeah, but uh, the American healthcare system is also very good. So how is it that you are dealing with this in a very, very easy way? And he was like, kind of, you know, he kind of like smirked. <laughs> he was like, <clears throat> so uh, what we did in Germany is we, we thought about <laughs> the worst case at all times. <laughs> and like, but his head is just like, mm, you, no, you're not. Like, if you have money, yes, you might have a good <laughs> good, good, good treatment in, in the US, but in Germany, everyone gets the good treatment. <laughs> so it was really funny to hear about this and see. But uh, no, it's uh, it's just also the German people are very, very obedient and also respectful to certain laws, like wearing masks when you go shopping. Now everyone wears masks when you go into a, a grocery store. Um, outside, if you're not allowed to meet with more than two people, then everyone is just meeting with two people in the groups and stuff like that. Like it's just really. It's just small people, small people, I say. It's just small groups that don't do that, but everyone else actually does. And Germany has that finger that when someone doesn't do what they're told to, they get like shunned. <laughs> and then you do it. So, yeah, everything is fine though. Um, life is life. Na 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 na. So, wait, okay, how do you want to start this race topic? Like, where do we yeah. want to go first? Like, maybe talk about. What happened recently or sure yeah we can i was actually just as you were talking i feel like there were a lot of really great ways to tie it in of you mentioned the american healthcare system is great for those who can afford it yeah. and that yeah. is huge and like how does one afford and i'm going to use the word privilege which is like probably going to be something we hear a lot during this conversation um because privilege, I think, is something, especially in the social justice community, that is used to describe the ways in which um, you have higher access to resources than other folks, whether that comes from your socioeconomic status, from your race, from your sexuality, from your gender, your ability, etc. Um, so yeah, like who has the privilege to access um these resources like healthcare resources that would allow you to stay safe in a coronavirus situation, not even just like a respirator if you went to a hospital, but what about a mask or gloves or like Clorox, like disinfecting wipes? Like that's not easily accessible. Or in the US as everyone has been joking about toilet paper. Like what? we People don't even have access to toilet paper because a select few kind of decided that that was an essential product went in and bought it at alarming rates and then kind of wiped it out for other folks who may only be able to afford it certain times of the month when they get paid or if they um, rely on uh, government assistance um, like food stamps how you know you can't just go to the grocery store whenever you want you have to go at a certain time and you only have the ability to have few things um, so yeah it was really crazy I heard a lot of stories of folks who needed diapers and uh, weren't able to get diapers for their kids because, or like baby formula because um, people went in and just kind of like wiped it out out of fear and took it away from a lot of folks who don't have the means to just buy it all at once and stock up. They don't have the financial ability it's, to do it's that. so nuts. Like that toilet paper right? phenomenon, man, this is like, this is going to be like a joke for the ages. Everyone's going to talk about this instead of like talking about what was actually happening with like yeah remember the time when they bought out all the toilet paper for no reason <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean we're now restocked here now and uh they even took away the the, the restrictions um of one toilet paper per person they, they mm -hmm. raised it to two toilet paper per well, person wow. but as i said like i don't know um it was here it was like two three weeks where people got went crazy but then everyone was like oh, okay well you know it's not walking dead out there so yeah <laughs> yeah but privilege is, is an interesting thing <clears throat> because you know at this point privilege is not um anymore like the color necessary well it is actually but it has more to do with the financial support that you or means you have mm -hmm. which is already worse kind of because then it becomes to really like who makes it who doesn't and mostly of course um it's interesting because i work on 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 some videos at work where uh, it's about interviews for companies <clears throat> around this time and what they do and to help each other and i've not seen i swear to god i have not seen a person 
in a higher position with a with a non-Turk German name. Mm. So it's always like you know Heinrich Kronberg or like or like Peter Kraftmann, and it's always German people, and the all all the truck drivers though are Turkish descent. You know, <laughs> it's, mm. it's like so interesting to see when you like you go through these videos. Me, uh, I mean, I'm also like third generation gas worker, so my odds are different than becoming a bus like a truck driver. But but seeing that it kind of puts in perspective how like you wonder like okay how how is it that there is no like Turkish person it, within these fifty years that we have been here there is no Turkish person that made it to this position either Turkish people are too cool for school they're like what do I want with this company or it is really just you know like it's you won't ever get there because it's just they don't let anyone with a different name or background go up this high I guess I don't know because it's also sometimes there's also traditional um, companies and stuff where social mobility is not as easy as as other places I guess I'm not sure but no dude yeah but I think those are important questions to ask of like why am I the only person that looks like me in a space um you know what especially if you've had generations of folks living in this space um that's that's like a super serious question and trying to unpack that and understand the ways in which there is systemic harm generations of people that stop them from great word you use social mobility of being able to access these higher things is is like a real thing why is that um still happening and i don't know so much about uh germany other than um i know europe in general tends to have kind of a disdain for um, African migrants and for Romanian folks. But um, I know I, you would be able to speak on that a lot more clearly than me on what kind of racism looks like for y'all, because I can definitely share how it looks in the US, which I think is a very unique and strong um, look. We definitely, I think, lead the pack in, <laughs> in what racism looks like. I feel like US kind of um, because it's so big it kind of got stuck in the 40s and 50s at some point <laughs> and, it, and it just didn't like evolve further whereas Europe was constantly evolving <laughs> and then you can see like this is how it looked like 100 years ago and this is how it looks like now 21st century now um, I, I mean I also kind of had the let's say I mean even that that I got to live in California for a year and also in Canada for five or four years, I kind of saw like the different types of racism. Like here in Germany, it's, it's very much nationalistic. Like wherever you're from, that's like kind of that. But in the US, I feel like it's really about the color. Not doesn't matter where you're really from. It's really what you look like. Um, which I I was really confronted with in California when when a friend that came to visit a friends a friend of a friend came to visit and I told that person that i was turkish they're like what you're hella white so that's the moment the very first time i was i was actually confronted with my skin color and and i i was even told that i don't look turkish which was it was just two things it was like i don't know it was crazy and that's kind of how i understood how things work over there it's really about the appearance of a person so you could be honestly you could be white Persian white, like Aryan white, blue eyes, blonde hair, which I have a friend and he's full Persian. He would be considered white just because of his looks. You mentioned uh, being lynched and and dying because of the color of your skin. And I think I should be really frank and like the reason why let's, I messaged you. Let's mention the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah, the reason that I... And I also I really want to share that I... Um, I was actually talking to a friend about this, um, that I'm very nervous having this conversation because I don't want to do it wrong. And I don't want to, um, I want to give justice to a topic that is affecting so many people, not just in the United States, but around the world and continues to affect people. And I feel, it feels like a very heavy weight, but I also want to acknowledge that I have a unique privilege 
um, to be able to take this weight off of some folks' shoulders because that weight is always, um, maybe always a strong word, but is often put on people of color to explain themselves, their situation. Why are they angry? Why are these things happening? It's always up to them to have that conversation and not for others to just research and understand there's information and tools out there, especially in a day where we have technology so accessible to us. Um, and so if I can use this opportunity to help educate or help inspire or spark some sort of um, passion in someone to dig deeper in this and understand how they can get involved in helping um, bring race unity about in the world, then I will have done something well, even if I didn't do it 100% perfectly. Um, so I just want to put that because that is like definitely weighing on me a fear of not doing this 100% right. But I think even 10% right is um, going to be helpful in whatever it is that I can do. So just putting that there. <laughs> but uh, do, you have, wait, do you have notes? Because it looks like you're reading off also somewhere. Did you actually prepare for this? No, no, I don't have notes. But um, over the last few days, a lot um, has been happening, which I guess is the elephant in the room. Um, in February a man named Ahmad Arbery was murdered in February. In... Yeah. So how so is it that we hear about this now? <laughs> I heard about this like what last week. I thought it just yeah. happened. So he was he was murdered in February and um I want to say it was just the beginning of May that it kind of all of a sudden found its way to social media and therefore I mean, it, to mainstream media. I mean they kind of recorded it. It was I mean yeah. Yeah, there was actual like, they actually made it trigger a warning. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Anyway, yeah trigger warning um there's a video of uh two white supremacists murdering a man by the name of ahmad who was 25 25? i think he just turned 26 yeah. Yeah. um or would have turned 26 uh he was murdered he was shot um for jogging as a black man and um, the reason I, I bring up the jogging part is because I saw, and I was trying to find it on my phone earlier, but for some reason, I don't know where it is. Um, but something that kind of went viral, at least on my Facebook pages that I am familiar with, was a list of Black folks that have been murdered in the United States of America simply for being Black. Mm. But it shared what it was that they were doing. Oh. It was being Black while driving, Black while jogging, Black while going to the grocery store, right? Okay. Like all these things and mm -hmm. why they, they were murdered because they were doing those things. I mean, okay. it was because they were Black, but that was the action oh. that they were partaking in when they were killed. Um, so yeah, he, he was murdered and it made um, news everywhere. And thankfully, the two murderers were, um, after months, this happened in February, in May, they were finally arrested. And Snoop Dogg, actually, a very famous rapper, had posted something that I thought was really important that said, um, I'm paraphrasing, but don't be fooled that um, these people got arrested because justice worked. They got arrested because the rest of society paid attention and put it. Mm -hmm. Because these things happen in different forms and in different shapes all day, all the time, and nothing happens. But because so many people were able to rally and get impassioned by what was going on, they mm -hmm. had to make some sort of move and something was done. And um, just kind of keeping that in mind of, it's not because the system worked that those people were arrested for murdering an innocent man. Mm -hmm. It was because the rest of the world paid it to it. Um, which just brings into this larger conversation of uh, the system, whatever you want to call that system, the justice system, the criminal system, the immigration system, whatever system, and I'm speaking about the United States of America, it does work. It works very well. It works for the intention that it was built, which is to support those in power and those with privilege, which has historically been white, cis, hetero, wealthy folks. Um, and it has continued to work for mm -hmm. those people since the inception of when, of when this country was created in 1776. Um, so the, the system does work. It was just never meant to work for anyone else other than those folks. Which is interesting and because they did fight 
the independence war with the black folks at mm -hmm. all. Yeah, they. Uh, I mean, they were. I mean, I mean, I don't know much about the history, but I heard like you know, all the little bits and pieces where like Lincoln, yeah, he he abol abolished uh, slavery and whatever. Yeah, and so. yeah, that was yeah with during the Civil War. Um, oh yeah, the Civil War. Yeah, not the, yeah. But but yeah, if you look at the history of the United States of America, I mean, there's over 400 years of slavery in the U.S. Um, that this country was built upon the backs of slaves. Um, and it continues to function because of the work that was done during that time. But when folks came to the U.S., they brutalized, tortured, and murdered hundreds of thousands of indigenous folks yeah. um, and continue to um, have very oppressive tactics on on indigenous folks that continue to, to be in the United States of America today. So if you really want to throw back, like, into the history of the United States, it's always functioned in this way. Racism has always kind of been at the root of how it's been able to be successful, um, which is a hard thing to swallow. And I think as a Baha'i, um, I'll be really frank, something that I really struggle with is finding the very fine line between actively living a Baha'i life, which tells us explicitly the importance of the elimination of prejudice, We are told that as one of the you know, fundamental beliefs of the Baha'i faith, which I think is so beautiful and part of why I'm so attracted to this belief. Um, but, but also finding that line of, of knowing that the work that I do is going to lead us to an ever advancing civilization that doesn't have these issues of, of prejudice in them, but also feeling like it's not enough because in the current time, in the present moment, me doing a junior youth group or hosting a children's class or tutoring a Ruhi book doesn't feel like I'm contributing to the elimination of prejudice, right? And so it's hard, mm -hmm. at least for me, to, to feel like I want to be on the front lines of change, but also recognize that the work that I'm doing as a Baha'i is contributing to that same change I want to see, just in a more long-lasting um, way that I don't necessarily see the fruits of right now in this moment. Yeah, I think um, it has a lot to do with patience. I mean, thinking about uh, what uh, the vision actually is and to think about what it takes to actually bring this vision to be reality in, in this world, I think It will take longer, of course, and it will be long before after we're gone where it's still gonna be worked on. But I think at least like until our days are done, like I think that we'll have so much, so many things will have changed already. Like thinking about already also what what uh, the, the whole pandemic has been doing as well. Like a lot of things have been decided on spot, but I'm pretty sure after this, people will reflect and see what they can improve and what they can do better next time which is funny because people had known that this might happen at some point but didn't prepare properly because a lot of other things were i guess more important i don't know diplomatic things conversations about war whatever but now people see what you know what it takes for humanity just to have a hard time it's not necessarily war but it's a, it's a small virus that could really stir up everything you know mm -hmm. um and I think as a race of humanity, like human race, I think we have always proven that we can head into the right direction. I mean, uh, First World War happened, the right direction they thought was punishing Germany so much that they are crippled and can't fight again. Right. Mm. Doing that, of course, helped, but only in a short term. After the Second mm -hmm. World War, the thought was, okay, we won't cripple them again, but we'll help them because that's more important to help them up and actually teach them or like show them what else can be done except war. And then Germany became one of the greatest in an export countries in the world. Like, you know, where like you can see human as a race, humanity as a race is not stupid. They know when to reflect about certain things. Now, I don't want to say that yeah, governments on their own can reflect on this. Of course, there has to be a lot of like spiritual teachings and, and virtues have to be also right in place but i think that the capacity or the uh, yeah the capacity of everyone to 
to reflect is always there. And I mean, seeing, of course, it, it, it actually is, is shocking to see racism in that level still around. Mm -hmm. um, here in Germany, of course, there's no such thing as like... No, wait, there, there was actually the shooting in my neighboring city in a, in a hookah bar. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah, no. Hookah bar full of Turkish people was just like gunned down by, by a German supremacist. Well, they call him... I don't know what to say. I don't want to say Nazi, but I, a person that doesn't like immigrants, let's put it that way. It was an older man who didn't like immigrants and he went up to that hookah bar and just shot down, I think, 13 or 10 people. Oh, wow. And I think... Uh, another five or so were injured. I'm not. I I, I didn't look into it in detail, um, which predominantly were Turkish, of course. Um, <laughs> as in, yeah, it was it was a hookup bar and it was filled with mostly Turkish people, as far as I know. And and that was like that guy didn't even have to face charges because he killed himself right after. So, like those are our people kind of <laughs> they like they know that the justice system is probably gonna go after them and they're like, yeah. i don't know he was actually also a little bit sick in his head a little bit and uh lived isolated at his mom's basement whatever but like he did that and the first thing that really happens is police going right after the person like regardless of him being german or not you know like they they really went right away uh to to find him and mm -hmm. then to 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 um incarcerate incarcerate mm -hmm. incarcerate him yeah. yeah um so like that's kind of one example of a large thing happening but a lot of things happen of course that i don't know about it that the news don't even show sometimes but maybe yeah. they nothing is happening actually we don't know that's a thing all of this transparency of news and and what's actually happening but also recently a um a very famous singer in germany um, Savi and I do uh, has been actually preaching about a lot of um, racist things, which is very very funny if you knew him because like he preaches about Germany and being a proud German and 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 you know back in the day things like this wouldn't happen and you know immigrants have to integrate themselves things like that and I have not really listened to any more things. Um, he is himself by looks black. Or, well, not like, he, but yeah, like he, I think he's part um, African and part German. But he's like very like preaching almost. And I, I was always intrigued to watch his, what he says. But at the same time, I don't know if I want to, mm -hmm. because I don't need to hear, if I hear that he's saying something about like how people should be because it's Germany and stuff. And I feel like, okay, like that's not going to help me at all. In a, in a certain way and it's just gonna be a waste of time so i never watched what he said but i hear now everyone is talking about it kind of and he he wrote songs where you thought oh yeah it's about you know togetherness and working together and things like that and now he says these things and and it's just really surprising that even that person succumbs to to these kind of thoughts you know i think it's all about then coming down to the real like inspiration for movement in, in in our lives which is the word of god or um, studying the spiritual teachings of of the faith you know yeah spiritual education is so important um and i think that's i feel <laughs> i feel bad that was definitely what i was trying to get that earlier when i was like yeah i tread this fine line of like wanting to be on the grassroots ball so being responsible to my Baha'i activities. Those Baha'i activities spiritual education for mankind, which is so important and vital to our growth and to our capacity building. Um, and like, I, I recognize that, which is why I, I participate and, and serve in that manner. Um, I also wanted to share about another person that was murdered recently in March. Uh, her name is Brianna Taylor. She was 26. She's a black woman living in Kentucky, I believe. She was in her house and police murdered her inside of her house. Um, from what I understand, I believe she was like asleep at home. 
Um, and the police went in thinking it was someone else's home that was had something to do with a drug um, warrant. And they went in and killed this woman. Um, and again, this happened in March. It's May. And it wasn't until after Ahmad was murdered that this really started to hit main um, social media pages. I think like celebrities were posting about it. News outlets were finally speaking on it. Mm-hmm. And like these, just to your point of we hear about certain things and we don't hear about others. Why, you know, why aren't we hearing about the murder of these folks in real time? Why did someone get murdered in March or get murdered in February and you find out in May? Like that doesn't make sense, that timeline. Um, especially when it's something as brutal and and unbelievable as as what is happening now. But yeah, it's hard. Um, I, I wonder, um, you know, um, I always say how huge America, like USA is as a country. And I always joke about like, there's like parts of that country you don't even know exist where people live, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like this huge documentary tiger king where you see like that small like part already being cult for example you know where they have tigers and they raise tigers uh, yeah and they have their own world basically and then you and that's like in the midst of oklahoma and you're like yo i've never heard of this like you know and i'm pretty sure there's like so many parts in the u.s where people live and nobody knows that people live there I mean, there's houses, abandoned houses. You walk yeah. in and there's just like a chair and newspaper from the time as if someone just a second before you were here still lived in that house. Like in Germany, this would never happen. You know, like in Germany, that house would be re- restored, re- renovated and sold or like get, kind of made made purpose for. In America, like you find abandoned buildings everywhere almost uh, where it says beware don't enter or trespass and you're like okay i'm not gonna go there until well that guy who lived there passed away like 50 years ago and this is still around like it feels like a lot of things happen there more secretively or like uh, more in 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 a covert part like looks because it's just so vast and you you can't see everything at once here in germany because it's a small country like from land size you kind of can tell oh yeah this is a forest like probably a, a hunter lives here but like it, it would never be like an abandoned kind of thing which on the other hand what do i know honestly i live in in a, in a very suburban or in urban areas but never really like in like um in like a place where it's just fields or something you know what i mean the south is known for having um deep ties to racism mainly because it was the Confederate South that wanted to continue slavery, um, which is why the Civil War happened. And to this day, you see Confederate flags, not just in the South, you see them all throughout the United States of America, but particularly the South still has strong ties and affiliations with um, that thinking. So I would say it might be a fair statement to make, but I... Well, we I don't want to. We wouldn't want to put everything in the same pot. Maybe there are some people as well that are pretty nice, and they might be even white too. You know. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, everywhere. That's not. Yeah. I I also think that's actually a great thing to talk about. Of, um, I'm sure you're familiar with Black Lives Matter, and then yeah. consequently what happened. All Lives Matter, mm-hmm. um, and it's this larger conversation on um, Black Lives Matter started as um a way to bring attention to the fact that Black folks are at unprecedented rates mm-hmm. simply because they're Black and that we need to have these larger conversations on why they're being killed and why um, do we continue to let this happen, right? In opposition to that, a movement called the All Lives Matter movement was created mm-hmm. because for some reason, folks, I mean, for a very particular reason, but folks felt that... Um, By saying Black Lives Matter, that all of a sudden negates the fact that other human life matters or deserves to live, which in fact is not the case. Black Lives Matter simply exists to share the fact that this group of folks are dying and they need your attention. That's not to say that other people 
whose lives don't matter as much, yeah. but that we should pay attention to this one. And a wonderful analogy that I heard um, that's actually, if anyone is interested in music that has to do with racism, I would oh love God. to share with y'all. Um, but in a song called White Privilege 2 by Macklemore, yeah. there's a, a segment within it of uh, dialogue between folks talking about um from an, I think Black it was from matter. news and um, yeah and from like, interviews and such mm. yeah and in this dialogue someone gives the analogy of if a house was burning yeah. like you were in a community and a house was burning do you water the house that's on fire or do you water all of the houses obviously a logical person would be like water the house that is currently on fire yeah. because if that one doesn't go out the rest of them are going to go on fire right that doesn't mean that the other houses don't deserve to be protected too but they're currently fine unless the one that's on fire spreads. So let's get the one on fire out. And I think it's that same thing yeah. of like, Black Lives Matter is the house that's on fire. We need to focus and put our attention and our energy and our love and our healing and understanding into that house, into Black Lives Matter, so that we can make sure that all the houses, that all lives continue to matter at the same level with equality and equity at the center of everything that we're doing. You know, skin color feels feels so stupid because if you think about an egg that is brown and an egg that is white, and you bo you crack both eggs and look at the inside, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and and the mm -hmm. same with us. If you cut your finger, you will bleed red. I will bleed red. Like we are basically we are the same. The yeah. skin color doesn't determine anything except where you come from, and that's because of evolution. You know. The reason I'm whiter is because I was born and raised in Germany. My skin didn't have to adapt in a way because it's never really hot here. In fact, my skin is white so I can attract more sun. You know, like it's it's all about this. It has nothing to do with God having created black people to be slaves or something like that at all. Right. And people right. live that way because they think that's the truth, which comes down to education. So like now, I mean, I don't know. Uh, we can talk about a lot of cases that are happening. And we can we can we can really run our thoughts on 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 the injustices and everything, but one thing I kept thinking about is how can we, as individuals that don't have positions necessarily in government or or in, in bigger companies, just normal individuals from the community, how can we, like, take action to to actually go against this? Now at work we talk about these things sometimes. But it's always a talk. And you mentioned already the core activities from the Baha'i faith and the Baha'i community, like Jin Youth Group, Children Class, and Grui Books. That's a constant, actually, um, that's a constant action being taken by youth uh, mm -hmm. in the neighborhood to make the neighborhood a better place. Whether it's cleaning up, whether it's bringing people together. And I've worked with the Jin Youth Group myself, I was an animator. And I was also part of a focused neighborhood too, where we really focused on, on, on the youth and seeing how we can make the neighborhood a better place. And I saw a lot of things change. And it started with, in my opinion, racism only breeds from ignorance. Not knowing mm -hmm. someone else's culture, not knowing where someone is from. Where mm -hmm. with the youth groups, you, you aim for getting to know the neighbors. Mm -hmm. And that way you are coming closer and, and more um, uh, what do you say you work together more and you, you trust more each other, your neighbors I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are on this but <laughs> yeah I think that's super real I'd also offer um, on a personal level to really take the time and thoughtfully process the ways in which you intentionally or unintentionally contribute to racism um, or in general, just like prejudice and oppression in the world. And within that, to recognize your privilege and how can you use your privilege in a way that supports and elevates others. Um, and that's, I mean, I say that like it's no big deal, but that's huge. And I think that's an ongoing task of reflection for folks. But if we really do that consciously um, and thoughtfully, I think thoughtfully is a really key word here, 
to use our privilege because I don't think privilege is a bad thing. I think if you have it and it looks differently for, for everyone, privilege doesn't, isn't just for white folks, right? It, it's for any, um, any label, any identity marker, there are ways in which people have privilege or don't have privilege, right? Mm -hmm. And to know how you can use your privilege in a way that provides equity is super valuable and important. Um, and in the advent of divine justice, Shogun Fandi talks about how um, the biggest problem, again, totally paraphrasing, um, the biggest problem <laughs> for the u.s is is like racism right like how are we going um to deal with racism yeah. and um that comes with with well-intentioned loving kind folks having these difficult conversations engaging learning with others um spending time in communities that don't look like theirs so they can fully understand and embrace um the folks that are around them and, and I think that's something that's super easy and obviously during coronavirus, not something that we can really do right now. And I think actually, if I'm going to be super frank and like slightly verge off, this pandemic is a perfect opportunity to really reflect in your privilege. Um, like we were talking about earlier, like folks buying all the paper or diapers or formula or whatever it is, what, you know, your privilege in being able to do that your privilege in having a mask and being able to work from home. That's a huge privilege. Yeah. Um, kind of recognizing those things. And then within that, paying close attention to why certain groups or certain communities are being affected by this pandemic worse than others. In the United States, something that's been talked about a lot is black folks are dying from coronavirus and being affected by coronavirus at unproportional rates than other communities. Why is that? right? It's not because they're predispositioned to have coronavirus, right? It's yeah. it's because of these more systemic issues of um, access, lack of access to things or not being able to work from home, right? The jobs that you're forced to have are considered essential. So you're forced to be on the front line or um, having a, a disease is pre- um, Oh, I'm forgetting the terminology, but having like a disease beforehand, yeah. um, like like heart disease or high yeah. cholesterol or high blood pressure or whatever, all these things, why are certain communities affected by that? Is it because of the food they're eating? It's not because mm -hmm. people want to eat bad food that's bad for their body. It's has to do with like, what can you afford or mm -hmm. what kind of uh, community do you live in? A lot of, I live in Washington, DC when I'm not in California and it's a food desert. It, a food desert is like a place where um no yeah it's kind of something <laughs> yeah no my english is not dying I'm... <laughs> but yeah so like why why are these communities that are mainly communities of color in places that are why don't they have access to these things and so having these like larger conversations that you can easily do from home mm -hmm. and this pandemic gives a really opportune time to look at the statistics that are currently available whether or not you believe in them, if they're actively being reported, but yeah. like having conversations, right? Yeah. Why is it that we had the first person in ICE um, detention centers die from coronavirus? Why aren't folks um, in detention centers? Yeah. Why can't they social distance, right? Because they're packed in a cage. Why aren't we talking about that? Like having really digging deep and kind of understanding these layers is totally something we can do right now and we can really engage in. And within that, I'll make a plug of if you have the financial ability to support organizations that are doing this work on the ground, mm -hmm. I would highly suggest putting your money in those spaces and allowing those folks to continue this work and continue these conversations. Um, that I think is a really opportune way to get involved um, on a personal level to make yourself a better advocate and to build your own capacity for growth. And then contribute to this long-lasting positive social change i'd like to think a majority of us are trying to contribute to yeah i think um that's also a good note um because i feel like news also portray a lot of negativity in the world to to lead masses with fear but i think there's a lot good happening too and now i'm i might be naive or too positive i get told that a lot but i believe that 
there is so much good happening because I've seen it myself in a small community, you know. And yes, of course, those small acts might not change a war on the other side of the world. But I believe that this small act of kindness will affect something in the future. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the thing. A lot of people expect something to happen instantly. Mm -hmm. But a vision to be really built and, and, and held up takes time. Yeah. It takes time just like a flower takes time to grow. Mm -hmm. That's why we say we plant seeds. You know? Yeah. So I believe that at some point all these efforts will be um, bearing. We'll be bearing the fruits of these. I mean, maybe not us, but our kids or our grandkids will for sure, because we are bearing the fruits of our four forefathers, of our grandparents who fought the war, so that there is no war anymore. Necess well, like you know, World War, or like mm -hmm. uh, who who were part of the Cold War, who who tried to, you know stop things from going in a way of course you wonder like yeah but i still want yeah of course but like a lot of people have sacrificed their lives to for us to be somewhere where we can say my problem today is this you know um and then we'll figure this out and next time like you know in, tr in a few years uh our kids will be saying my problem is this, but my parents had to fight this. And then, it, you know, it, it's always like, it will always evolve to, to something where we can, I guess, um, as a human race, will always overcome, you know. And it will, it will kind of lead us back to the roots of what is important. Um, which is, uh, for example, one is like, that we all are created noble, we all are created with love, uh, I think hate is something we learn later on in life. Um, that taking advantage of people's weaknesses is something we learn later on in life. Everything before that is, is you know, if you ask a kid, they don't, they don't distinguish what the color of a person is, where they're from. They see a person as a person and they play with them, they hang out with them, they, they help them as good as they can. I think those are like the roots. And if we nurture that as individuals with our neighborhood, then I think, or no, I know and I believe that we will have a better world in the future. Yeah. But, but that's also just my, it, it is partially opinion, but also partially experience. And another part is really the writings of the Baha'i faith mm -hmm. um, that, that give me hope um, to, to, to hopeless moments in life. Because, you know, this too shall pass. And then in 50 years, there will be different problems that we have to face, you know. Yeah, I mean, just think about on a very minuscule level of just like you, you and in, in the word general, like the school you did, the homework you had in fifth grade versus the homework you had in 10th grade versus the homework you had in college. In fifth grade, it felt really hard and it was like unmanageable and you cried and you're like, ah, this, I don't know how to do this. And then 10th grade, you laugh at yourself for thinking fifth grade was hard. And then in college, you laugh at your 10th grade self for thinking that was hard, right? Like we have crises all the time, but we're always going to have victories mm -hmm. if we're working towards them. Yeah. And to be able to reflect and look back on those crises, but also reflect and look back at the victories that came out of them is yeah. going to continue to inspire us and educate us on how best we can tackle all of these issues because we are dismantling these systems. Um, for the better and we just have to stay passionate and focused and you know like you said it will come to fruition maybe not in our lifetime but that doesn't mean it's not worth fighting for true maybe now we can just leave it to the people that listen to this and to share their thoughts and see what they think i know a lot of people that listen to this podcast at least share what we think but if they don't that's also fine you know then you can still share what you think with us i mean obviously i want to know because i don't live everyone's life right i only live my life and i hear from my friends what they live and and since there's i i believe that every person's every human being's life is valuable i believe that we can learn from each other so much um and if we don't if if we are like just open-minded enough and not proud of our opinions like too proud of our opinions, then mm -hmm. I think uh, um, with the exchange of knowledge 
we we can actually reach higher grades so, oh yeah. yeah so valuable yeah. i definitely make a call here for folks who are listening if you disagree if you agree but you want to add something like please do so i think education is the way that we're all going to be able to grow and i learned quite recently honestly the importance of knowledge sharing and the disservice you do to yourself to your community to mankind mm -hmm. when you don't um share that and i think that's super important so please share your thoughts your feelings i'm curious and you'll help me grow and we're all gonna help grow together to this ever advancing civilization we're working towards how beautiful cool i okay, mean i'm done man. what 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 i'm done you can do whatever you want i'm just gonna keep talking no so no, no, no 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 it's good it's good um <laughs> Uh, of course, uh, I mean, as I, s this is a topic, you know, it's been going on for centuries, you know, <laughs> for decades and centuries and, and thousands of years. We won't be able to solve it in an hour of a podcast, of course not. But we can give our two cents and then see what happens. I mean, in the end, it's it's always just a seed that we plant and people listen. I, I don't know, at least I've listened to podcasts and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's an interesting thought. I never thought of this in that way. Who knows, maybe someone will get this. Or maybe we'll get shunned for whatever we said here and people will hunt us down. And <laughs> I mean, things like this even happen in smaller scales where it's not only about equality or justice and injustice. It's also just about, do you like this movie? No, why? And then you have those knowledge, like exchange of knowledge uh, where, where someone can say his way of thinking and then you're like oh okay that's interesting and you don't have to agree with it but at least knowing it will give you the chance also to say to choose from something right because if you mm -hmm. don't have the choice then it's also hard for a person to see something else so you know usually or not usually i started this new thing where i ask questions yes or no questions yeah i heard you play with delia yeah <laughs> but i wonder how this is gonna work because None of these questions um, are actually related to the topic. <laughs> no, that's okay. I feel like maybe that is um, closure to kind of help um, take us back down a little bit. And yeah, I Have feel like fun. that's fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so I'll have three yes or no questions. You can answer them by saying yes or no. You can give uh -huh. your two cents to it if you want to. And then okay. I'll have formal formalities, like I'll I'll, okay. I'll say bye, and then you can share the highlight of the day. Okay, cool. Uh, highlight of the week or whatever the month, because it's been a while since we've talked. Okay, admitting that you didn't listen, or that you blacked out in a conversation. Yes or no. I don't understand. So, like, when you have a conversation, for example, this is a great start. <laughs> I love it. Uh, when you have a conversation with someone and then you like kind of zone out. Yeah. Do uh, I admit that? Do you, or... do you admit that you zoned out? Yes or no? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it depends on the conversation and who I'm talking to, whether or not I've been to it. But I think for the most part i try to err on the side of saying okay i missed that like can you repeat yourself or like what did you say so you you admit so yes, yeah so i don't think i'm admitting like oh i zoned out but i'm like can you repeat yourself so i can re-engage yeah. okay. i i i don't <laughs> i don't admit that i didn't listen because i always always something i zone out uh, and if the person has notes, I just go with it and I, I try to remember what he said last and just try to connect to what that person said last. Yeah, I definitely do that too. I think I just try to think that I did I, the other thing, but I don't know. I mean, in school, I would say, yes, I didn't pay attention and please can you explain this again? But when it's a normal conversation sometimes, just because a little bit of shame comes to it that you didn't listen to this part and you don't want to admit that you didn't listen because it sounds so like, oh, you're not really paying attention all the time when i'm in the conversation and i'm like oh i didn't pay attention okay what did, I, what did this person say last oh clothes 
that I just like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, the clothes industry is really interesting. <laughs> I wonder what that person thinks. That well, sometimes it's perfect what I say, but other times that person is like, oh, well, you know, and then they have to like switch their thoughts. And I think that's what I noticed. I didn't pay attention. Uh, it's just it's just a cruel world out there. <laughs> okay, cool. So, well, you say you more tend to yes. I guess I'll tend more to no. Yeah. yeah, but with with the caveat that I definitely do pretend like I know what's happening sometimes. I'm not a hundred percent yes. I just like <laughs> you, you play it very cool. You're very confident in your answer, no matter what. So it looks really right. Yeah. Um, this one um says being persistent when pursuing someone's attention. Yes or no? So loaded. It. So are you meaning it in a romantic sense of like you're trying to pursue someone romantically? I, what do you think I mean? <laughs> Based on your preface. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want someone else's other's attention if it was just for work or something. Like that's not really something. If I want someone's okay. attention, it's really because of uh, romantic or like feelings and emotional connections. You know, that's really hard because it's dependent on the person. But I'm going to say no because... You also need to understand and read you in general. Again, I'm not just saying like Bambi. Um, no, I, I take my notes. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Folks need to understand, um, and this is for like all genders. Um, you need to be able to read social cues and understand if someone is saying like, no, they're not interested and respect and take that at face value. And there may be circumstances or situations where it's like some extra pursuing could lead to something later, but I think if someone explicitly tells you like no or like not into it or doesn't reply or is just like that's not their vibe, you mm -hmm. should respect that and take that as what it is rather than trying to pursue something and end up looking really creepy and gross because you don't understand social cues. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna delete the messages I wrote in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, that's very true. I mean, okay, in that okay, I Why think. Hard ones for me. I feel like Delia's were so easy and fun. Because Delia's were the very first ones, and it was really odd because it was all about bathroom. <laughs> I actually have another. I have two other bathrooms here, but I just oh want to have three. Um, and I was just thinking, we had bathroom already last time, but what pursue? I think sometimes it's inevitable to pursue someone's attention because it's something, and it's an instinct kind of you want their attention. Until you really reflect <laughs> a lot of things through, um, I, I I agree with what you said, but um, you when you say like for example you have to read social cues, I feel like it's also kind of you would have to get there first, you know, like you would have to tell that person that you like them, right? But if you don't tell that person that you like them and you still like try to pursue their attention because uh, at some point you have to tell them because otherwise it's just gonna be like a game and nobody knows what's happening really you know but nobody's on the same page you know mm -hmm. so at some point you have to tell that person but i say yes before you tell that person like pursue the attention because if you want to have something you have to just go for it not saying you know stalk people but saying like thinking about it like if you like someone for their character and you want to get to know them, go ahead, you know, like really pursue their character and their understanding and their attention in a way where you can learn from them. And then when you know what you feel for the person, tell that person. And if that person says yes, good. If the person says no, then just don't pursue it anymore you know after that because i think when one once that whole thing is done where pe both people know what's what's happening and one side is just not um on the same page on that then then you have to just accept and just yeah. be proud that you came out in a way where you told your feelings to a person and yeah it might hurt a little bit but then also know that there's other people too and life is bigger than just that, you know. But don't go crazy and say, like, I'm going to make her fall in love with me and stuff like that. Like, don't go full crazy. Which, uh, in the TV show, Itawa and Klaus actually kind of was super present. That person was in love with that person and said, I will always love you. 
but that person never really did anything crazy like you know and abduct or like force that person to like them or something it was more like a very oh she loves him and he doesn't but she said she will never stop loving him and wait for him to accept her love which then happened of course in the show kind of and then of course it's a show but on the other hand that's why the question actually comes from because i personally when i pursue someone's attention it's really because i want to get to know them in a positive way not really um yeah like take advantage of whatever they say you know but i i i think also what you say is, is very true it's a thin line sometimes where you're like you as i said sometimes it's not the choice of pursuing someone's attention but we make it to a crazy thing where it becomes really yeah i think you just have to really be mindful of like consent in that kind of situation i think of the example of like oh let's say you comment on someone you're interested in you comment on like every single instagram story of theirs if they never reply to you or don't like it or don't engage with you at some point i think that's when you take the hint of a social cue and be like so i don't think they want me to talk to them and like that may suck for a minute but that's when you have to like respect that and part. you wouldn't want a person like that anyway if the person right, totally. So like that, I mean, that's like a reflective moment on the person who's seeking attention. But yeah. like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's just like the example that really came to mind when you asked that question of like, okay, consent, social cues, understand, back off. Or, or pursue forward if like that person is interested, you know? So you're saying as long as they reply, it's fine to pursue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking my learnings from this and I'm going to pursue. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no, you may. I I agree with that too. Because in the end, it um we have to be also really respectful for other people's um interests, and if interest is just friendship, then just be a good friend. You know, yeah, support totally. that person. It doesn't change much. Uh, you might be just a little bit naked in the out there, but it will you know change. Like it will get normal again at some point. Because I mean that's what for women and for men, if you share feelings, you kind of feel open to yeah, and i will say this is like off topic of what our original conversation was but if you are friends with someone and you try to get to know them in a romantic sense and they don't want that please do not stop being friends with them yeah. because this has happened to me countless times and it is a very unfortunate feeling to lose a friend because you cannot reciprocate a romantic feeling that they have Maybe. i think it's very selfish for someone to just decide to stop being friends with you because you can accept that they want something more out of a relationship than what you can offer. Maybe maybe take a little time and distance to kind of sort your emotions out, because otherwise right. it can it can lead to hurting each other too, you know. Yeah, but I just but think... like but like don't cancel the friendship at all. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. no matter how hard it gets, I think um, because honestly, if you tell told someone that you like them, you didn't lose anything. Um, maybe it's a little awkward in the beginning but then it just gets better afterwards but like yeah. it's different after a relationship breakup I guess oh, man this is look I told you we have to have a relationship episode <laughs> <Sarah. Okay. laughs> answering the message of your crush right away yes or no <laughs> maybe don't like out me out here like that everyone's gonna know everything about me um I I tend to go for no. You don't answer right away? No. Interesting. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I for some reason when my my crush texts me, I wait an hour or two not to play hard to get or anything. It's just I'm scared that that person will stop writing me after that message. So I still have that num like that that note and stuff. I don't know. That's why I don't text right away. And also, I get—I don't know—I get super excited and hyped when I'm um, when I, when my crush texts me, and I also wait for that person to text me. Ah, it's just crazy. So yeah, I say no too. But my sister says, "Why would you wait? If mm. if, if you like that person, you should text that person back right away. Um, whenever you have the time, of course. But like, and I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. But at the same time, if I do. How am I going to continue the conversation? What if I say something and the person doesn't text back and just reads it? It happened so many times. 
I was getting really impressed with my saying that. You can see this last week has been really hard on on me with uh, with these things. Cool. Well, let's get to the formalities. Okay. Thank you for listening to all the people that are listening. Um, a shout out to all the people that are listening, of course. I know a few people because they keep texting me too, but I don't want to say names. Uh, but thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Sahra, for for actually you know coming. You're always welcome here. And I know next episode is going to be definitely about relationships. <laughs> a little bit brighter topic, maybe darker because we do have two different opinions on how relationships and things work. So it's going to be interesting. Um, because also you know. Talking about relationships with boys is different than talking about relationships with girls because you have the two spectrums. So it's going to be really interesting. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. Uh, if you guys uh, wanted to know more about this podcast, you can go ahead and follow the Instagram page God, at Godzontag. Um, the Spotify, uh, it's on iTunes, it's on SoundCloud, it's on Google Podcast. You can, if you're, you know... I don't know. Like we said, you can comment or text, actually, if you have thoughts and you want to share something. Um, if you want to get something out of your chest. But not your heart. Like, don't take it literal. Just It was very, very figuratively speaking here. Um, but yeah. Uh, then I want to give the floor to... Oh yeah, stay tuned and volume up. And the floor goes to Sahra and her highlight of the week or month or year or whatever. My highlight. I had all the time to think about it. I don't know why I didn't think about it. Um, my highlight is... Okay. Highlight of the month was my brother getting in to one of the... Um, top universities that he has been wanting to get into for oh wow long. nice congratulations to Michele. Yes, congrats to Michele so that is definitely the highlight of my month I am very proud of him and all of his hard work to find to be able to go to school that he has been very interested in so yeah well, what is his what is his uh study um uh, brand international business oh international business mm-hmm. wow that's cool. I should get him on a podcast every so maybe we should talk about some relationship stuff too. Okay. <laughs> International business, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, no. I'm so proud of him too. It's so happy. I mean, he's such a confident person. I mean, he, he was really comfortable in this podcast. It's great. Awesome. That's, that's really cool. Um, I'm happy for him. You can tell him my congrats and our congrats from all the listeners. I'm pretty sure everyone is happy. Um, well, again, Sahra, thank you. Uh, I wish you a good night over there. Uh, I hope you have a great time with your family still. Stay safe, stay healthy, and say hi to your parents. I will. Uh, I will. Thank you again for having me and for letting us talk about uh, a really important topic. And though I know we can't fully do it justice, I think even if we just crack the tip of the iceberg to have these conversations happening, we are doing a solid job. That's true. You know, just... At least doing something is is better than nothing. So that's very mm. And whenever you feel like you want to talk, you know, go ahead, just hit me up. Or if you want to spread words through the podcast, you know, I'm always open for this. That's what this is medium is for to share your thoughts and knowledge and and see what's up in the world. I love it. So bye guys, have a good day. Bye.